Happy Monday, diary listeners. This is Go and Be Reconciled. It's a personal entry, and uh, just out of full disclosure, we have we have just spun off of Mother's Day. It was it was a good day, but I I, <laughs> I I've been struggling with something, and I don't know if it's May. It could be May flowers uh, that are doing it to me, but I do think that the thing that I loved doing the Monday prior, last Monday, which is carving wood, I was an idiot and I did so without a ventilation mask on and I think it just brought me to my knees within my sinuses, so I've been very low energy. Yeah, and and you probably can hear it. So I wanted to tell you guys, don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> halfway through it I was like you know you should probably be wearing a mask doing that of all things to wear a mask you should you should do that while you're carving wood so noted I will do that and as I found out throughout the rest of the week there is so much more for me to do so much more work uh, in my heart about reconciliation forgiveness but I'm moving through it it's gonna be all all right And I really hope you guys enjoy this entry. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on (laughs) refined. What it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Tuesday. Let me see here, as I don't even know the date. It's the 9th. It's 9th of May. So, what have, what have I experienced since May began? A lot of things, actually. Uh, something to express. Uh, this is a personal entry. We just, we just rolled off of our posting of my time with Red Rebel. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I know I did. It was fun. It's always nice to share this platform as uh, as it is. It's really a, a personal passion right now, but there's no reason why I can't share what I got. I feel like I have lots of abundance, no matter no matter what. Y'all are going to be hearing this uh, after Mother's Day, so that's something that's going to occur between between when I'm recording this now and when this will be aired on Monday, I believe Mother's Day is the 14th, is it? Uh, just kind of know. Yeah, Mother's Day is the 14th, so it'll be aired on the 15th. Sorry. Time. Time is crazy. So let's talk about it. May 1st was the anniversary, the third year anniversary of me being fired from Tattooed Heart Studios. I uh, I didn't realize that at first. I, I forget what, what exactly pulled me into the awareness of that, but I did make a post to the effect. And when I made the post, I, I recognized something that was really a gift and so cool. I recognized that there were several birthdays that were a part of that day 
And both those people, I do believe, gave some love on my post about getting fired. Even though it was their birthdays, I had no idea it was their birthdays. Uh, one of the people who just recently celebrated her birthday was Nicole Williams, who I'm actually going to see tomorrow. We're going to discuss a tattoo concept that I'm very excited about. She's journeyed so far in, in the brief amount of time that I've known of her. And I really think that if, uh, well, if you're not following her, you should be. So that's, that's clear. She's just, it's so, I can't tell y'all how great it is to see somebody else succeed so much. And um, it, it'll, it'll become another theme that I talk about later in the podcast. But Nicole, I'm, I'm just super honored to have your ear in the time that you've listened to this podcast. And I'm I'm honored at the opportunity to get to tattoo you. I think we're going to come up with something really cool tomorrow. I'm excited to meet you in person and give you a big hug. And uh, now I know when your birthday is, May 1st. So that's pretty freaking cool. And I remember that being something to note as a better thing to remember on May 1st rather than the heartache that I experienced that day. You know, I, I think that it'll always be a blend because it was a pivotal shift in my life, but I, I like I like the fact that I was kind of made to look outside of that. The beautiful thing that Facebook does. I love the timeline reveals and the awareness of people's birthdays. Uh, I have to admit that I'm pretty abysmal at remembering birthdays, so I I need like I need kind of like those um uh, what do you call them uh um oh, crap I, um. Uh, acronym kind of associations or like little songs. I remember my mom would teach me things like my my um, my phone number, which by the way is still my phone number uh, to my parents. I'm not going to do it, but she would she would teach it to me with the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and that was before we attached area codes, so it was simpler then, and it did rhythmically make sense. But I do better with those kind of like teaching tools acronyms and stuff like that I, I find that that is my my association kind of thing like I gotta have a whole picture which is why I do huge huge consultations and I know my process for anybody that has worked with me it's very extensive most people I think are a little overwhelmed by it if I think in a good way but it's it's definitely a heck of a lot more than I know other tattoo artists do in their consultations. And the other thing that I, I learned was that a friend of mine who I had met years ago and it was through him bartending at a local spot that I really liked going to, um, he, he gave me love about my post, uh, Sid. So Sid, thank you for that. It was his birthday and I didn't even see that it was his birthday and he had the heart to give me love for my thing, even though I didn't have the perspective to, to check out him, see where he was at. I haven't seen him in years, but he checked in with me and he told me that, that he's always thought that I was a cool person and a good person. And that matters. And, you know, I, I think that after traumas like that, it's, and you know, 2020 was like that for everybody, I think. Regardless of what happened to you, I think it, it was a calling for all of us to 
find our people, cut fat, learn, grow, flip the script. Everything became very, very intense. Uh, and, and it's a good thing, right? I mean, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, now we can look. I think it was very symbolic, um, which you know has it's all it's all led me here, and I'm so grateful. So that was that was May uh, May first. Then let's see. Uh, I'm gonna look at my calendar to just make sure I haven't I haven't missed anything. But I do know that uh, I'm I'm discovering a lot of May babies. I'm recently more uh, of, of a fan of May Babies, mostly because I'm with one. And, uh, you know, that's given me this amazing love for Taurus people. Uh, I, I can't tell you. There's been some movement uh, this week in regards to my Unicorn Skull project. So that was pretty cool. I met with my first person who is interested in one of my flash sheets, which is kind of a weird flash sheet because I'm leaving it open to be altered. It's kind of like one of those things where I'm, I'm allowing people to take, to participate in where I'm at. And it's so amazingly cool because until honestly this particular point when I'm speaking to all of you right now and, you know, this going to be posted later. But anyway, until this point, I didn't realize how amazing this project was because it's 100% going to put everybody in alignment with where I'm at with my own unicorn skull project, which I'll get to. But I had um, a longtime client contact me because she really liked one of the unicorn skulls. I've worked with her in the past. She's been an admirer of my art and um, I'm just so, I'm so grateful that I get to see her again because she's, she's good people. Um, Jill, Jillian is her name and she's an artist in her own right. Um, before I overly shout her out, I would like to ask her permission. I don't see why she wouldn't want that. Um, but before I do, I, I'll, I'll ask, she does have, um, her art out there and everything. Um, we might, we might work some kind of arty experiences down the road. I want that for both her and Nicole Williams, who is my other person. Uh, I'm speaking with her tomorrow, like I said, but she's the other person that reached out that wanted one of the unicorn skulls. So two creatives, two awesome ladies, uh, two people vested in art, attracted to these unicorn skulls. And, um, you know, again, I, I just think it's also magical. I mean, what, what more could you ask for in regards to unicorns, right? And then, um, I finished a lot of tattoos this week. I've been trying to post more. I, I regretfully, the tattoo that I finished this week on the 4th, was with uh, another creative. She's a musician. She's a bass player, actually, for my cousin's band, uh, Totally Stoked. If you don't know Totally Stoked, you should be totally stoked to totally stoke out with Totally Stoked. <laughs> they are um, a 90s cover band, but she uh, she got uh, a whole Tank Girl sleeve that was pretty cool. And so it was a spinoff of 
something that was started at the top of her arm, her left arm, and it was nothing but Tank Girl. And it was super fun uh, to explore that art artwork and Tank Girl herself. I mean, it was a blast from the past, and it was, it was fun to create. We didn't take pictures, um, mostly because uh, I wanted to see it when it was completely healed. We kind of bounced around the arm and made certain areas really upset. And when I, I think when you don't work a tattoo up fully, the pictures can get really weird. It's like if um, half your face has foundation on it and half your face doesn't, the camera lens will pick it up in a completely different way. The light will, will bounce off of your skin in weird ways. And so I, I'm going to wait until that, um, that heals completely and see what we got. And I think that's the testament of the the whole tattoo anyway I finished let's see let's see oh Rico's birthday that was the next thing he was born on Cinco de Mayo and more than his birthday even though that's huge we finished his tattoo he has a side piece where we covered a Volknut and um I think that's how you say it it's a it's three triangles connected with each other very Nordic symbol that uh, apparently is all about when you die in battle, it helps the Valkyries find your body and wing you to Valhalla. So we covered it up. Lots of, lots of reasons for it. Um, mostly Rico is not the type of person who honestly on his own would have really committed to a tattoo. He's very, um, he's very influenced by who he's around and, and who... Um, he loves and who he's dedicating himself to and and in that respect when he uh, was put in I think his last relationship is what I'm getting at and I I don't think it's going to be a problem for me to talk about this as I kind of know the deal but his last relationship his girlfriend was really into tattoos and she was acquiring quite a few herself and so I think because that was an interest of hers uh, she kind of and I've seen women do this a lot, push the idea on him, I think because, you know, she was attracted to men that had tattoos. I mean, I can't, I can't speculate about her wants, really, other than what Rico's told me, but he got tattoos that spoke to him, that always did. He's always had a lot of admiration and knowledge of Nordic faith and philosophy, and, and he likes it in a lot of ways, but since that time, I think he's really moved more into who he is and recognizing who he is. And um, now that he's dating a tattoo artist and he has tattoos and he's he's also experienced getting a tattoo removed, too. And he, I think, chooses, given that he understands what that feels like, to cover them with other tattoos moving ahead. But he would have never gotten tattoos. In truth, he, he really likes the form of the human body as it stands. He spends a lot of his time sculpting his own body. And uh, I, I think, and I understand, you know, it, a lot of the times the tattoo, if you're an admirer of the human form and that's what you're after, the tattoo can get in the way of that if... Um, you know, if what you're coming for is to, to look at a, a beautiful physique. And that's kind of the point of tattoos in a grand way, at least as, as a 
as a person who acquires tattoos <laughs> and who likes them more than I, I like my own body. I'm, I'm actually ashamed to admit. Um, not that there isn't hope for me. I mean, I, I have to implement a lot of things moving ahead to, to fix my own body. So, you know, there's not a lost potential. I'm just saying that, like, I, I like admiring tattoos. So that's an interesting spot to come from. But in dating me now, he loves me, obviously, and he loves my art. And because he, I think, is kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of in, infusing each other um, great things and pushing each other to be our better selves. I think he's stepping into who he is more. And because of that, the tattoos, I think, are being less about other things outside of himself, but they're becoming more personal. And so now that he's met me, and I'm a person who very much so likes to craft something, you know, custom and individual for the specific wearer, uh, we've adorned him with something that is him. And one thing is for certain, Rico is 100% a Taurus, a bull all the way. Um, and I've even noticed this in how we interact with each other. And it's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm learning a lot. I've, I have learned so much through him. It's a struggle always because he's a very strong person. He's a very strong person, um, which I greatly admire in, in so many ways, but you know, because, because I can't force anything on him, <laughs> I get frustrated, you know, because like all of us want to be able to command everything, right? Like it would be so nice if we could just will the world to our, to our wants. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing? Or would it be, you know, we think, we think it would be, but that's just because we don't see, we don't see as much as God sees. And I do believe that was something that I put out at the top of the week, uh, was Ephesians 3.11, I think. Oh yeah, my Bible is right in front of me. I'll, I'll look it up while I continue to talk. Basically with Rico, he's a bull. And in being a bull, it's interesting because if left out in the field, he's Ferdinand. He just, he'll smell the flowers all day. He, he won't do much. He'll just eat and enjoy and nothing, nothing will really will happen very much. If you try to push at him, he'll just push right back. He does not like being pushed, nor will he be pushed. And I am not, for example, brutish enough and skilled enough to push him <laughs> and to, to make him do what I want him to do. Is it Ephesians? I think I'm getting, uh, am I on the right thing? No, I quoted it earlier this week. I'll continue. But getting back to Rico, uh, just for a second, complete the thought that I had. He very much so, you can't push him, but you can put a yoke on his back and he can plow all of your fields. So that's what I've kind of understood about him is that he is a guy who you can utilize and he he is nothing but wanting to be of service and that's another thing about him that is distinct and really really cool is that he 
loves to be of service. He puts himself in, in a service position all the time. So it's Ecclesiastes 3.11. And this is what Ecclesiastes, and I did this, it wasn't actually May 1st. It was April 30th that I post Ecclesiastes. But uh, I think it, it's, it's relevant leading into May, obviously, as it's the end of April. But um, in, in the new version of the Bible, it is framed this way. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So going back to that whole thing of like me wanting to command everything. It's, it's not for me to command. It's really silly for me to try. And um, we could argue whether or not the world would be a better place. I have to maintain that based on my decision makings and what has brought me to God, life wouldn't be better. And now that I have kind of started following this path, I am having so many wonderful things open up. And I think it's pretty cool. I, it's, it's weird because I can't, I can't fully communicate it to any of you. But I'm hoping for those that are listening, some of this will make some sense. And, and you'll enjoy the listen, if nothing else, and, and checking in with me. But I, I feel like if you're, you're in the, the vein of, creation and you're you're doing it from a place that I'm doing it with we're all going to be flowing in this really cool state of consciousness together and it's just going to be you'll get it I think if you're you're on the same wavelength it's a lot it's it's a lot about how the clients that I have flow with me and and it's it's not even fully me it's it's the art it's this place that I go where I just I stop trying to control and I just let it flow. It's that flow state. It's really, it's really, really, really cool. But it's God. I, I know it's, I know it's God. So we finished Rico's tattoo. And speaking of, I'm, I'm really, I mean, I can't, like I just said, I don't think it's me. I think I'm just the vessel that lets it flow through me and I'm the agent of the creation you know, that, that brings it into reality, but I really don't know how I covered up that bulk newt. Um, it, it was a strong black shape and we covered it, man. You would never know that it was under, there's only a slight bit of the tattoo that I look at and I'm like, I can kind of see it there, but you'd have to know what was there. I, I honestly think I'm going to try and enter it into a couple cover-up contests and see what we can win with it because I'm, I'm pretty impressed with how it turned out. I've done a lot of really awesome cover-ups and I, I always stand out after them and look at them and go, well, you know, that, that turned out a hell of a lot better than I thought it would or that I even expected. And I, I really can't for the life of me, y'all, really tell you how I did it. I just, like I said, I just let it be act, react, act, react. I just respond and I just breathe and I just let go and faith that whatever happens is going to be better than it was. I have that confidence at the very least. I don't know if that's right or not, but I have enough confidence in my ability to know that we're going to have fun together and it will be better than what you had prior. So if nothing else, I know that. But I'm kind of amazed 
that through all that, the results I get are as great as they are. It's pretty incredible even to me, and I'm the person doing it. So there's that. I know that might not give anybody who gets tattooed by me any, any kind of confidence, but um, I, I hope for any of you out there that participate in art, that you understand that when you look at another artist and you think, wow, they're so good, they're so whatever, I, I hope you can hear that it's, yes, it's resubmission to a lot of discomfort, yes, it's constant practice and all of that stuff. It, definitely the person is dedicated to their craft and wanting to be good at it, but it's, it's also this divine thing that moves through them that that isn't fully them isn't fully the other person it's 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 connectivity at its finest and it's truly it's truly divine it's it's really really cool so that happened with Rico uh, we finished it and it's nice to have it finished even though I still want to add some things to both his chest tattoo which is also a cover-up by me and his side piece which is now this finished bull piece I just want a connector that I think would be really cool just because now that he is tattooed and now that he has committed to have my art on him because that's what he says is that he he likes being an advocate of my art and a uh, canvas for my art because he loves me and you know if he's going to have tattoos have tattoos that he really loves and that he doesn't mind shouting out and so now it's down to my contentment and uh, he said I have to show him what I'm thinking, but I, I know it's going to be cooler once I do what I'm thinking about doing. So it's not completely over for him as far as I'm concerned. Of course, I'll never force tattooing on him. Um, and I haven't. He's submitted to it. But I, th I think that given a couple years, he'll let me go back into it. It, it kind of takes forgetting about that pain for a minute and then, and then going forward. But like I said, he'll yoke all my fields. He'll plow them all. I just gotta, I just gotta have the right yoke, the right application. We have to work together. It's an applied force. I kind of dig it. It teaches me a lot. And I'm just so happy for the, uh, the lessons and somebody who loves me enough to go through it with me. What else happened? So today's the ninth. Of course I had church. That was amazing. Um, happens every Sunday. Oh, I met, I met with a, a new client. I haven't welcomed many clients into my paradigm lately. My, my, I haven't, I mean, my books have stayed open, but a lot of clients from 2020, I haven't gotten back to. And so this person, Kina, I met with her. She's gorgeous and so exciting. She's wanting me to do this beautiful bouquet on her. She's like the perfect client. Um, just gorgeous soul. I'm really excited to meet with her and hang out with her. Um, so I met with her and, and again, blessing. Somebody who's willing to wait three years for me and it looks like we're going to be a perfect fit for each other. That's kind of a, a, kind of a good lead into what I discovered, I think that day, even that night, I discovered that um, Amber... A former co-worker of mine, um, somebody I, I, I wear her first tattoo ever, um, I yielded to, 
to being her first person to be under the needle. She turned down finishing my side piece that she had she had started and she had designed. In fact, the, the story of it is that she was in her apprenticeship. I First, her apprenticeship started because, I mean, she would have been. I, I, I don't want to take anything from Amber. She's a hustler. She's an amazing artist. I, I would not... None of this has to do with me. That's something I want to make very clear. I just got to be a part of her story in a cool way. And so I want to make it very clear that there, there is no animosity. I have nothing but honestly love to, to give Amber. I'm, I think she's really cool. And a lot of what she's accomplished... I mean, I'm I'm just a I'm just a blip in her story, but essentially the way that we came to know each other was she was following me and she still does on Instagram, and I reached out to her as I saw that her art was amazing and I like I it was weird I had to keep scrolling down just to finally find a picture of her because all you saw was art it was immaculate she's a person to this day. And I will continue to use her as an example because I think she is worth exemplifying. That had the kind of IG account that screams, I want a tattoo apprenticeship. The same can be said of Nicole Williams, by the way. I mean, that's that's something that, that I saw in her right away. She was amazing and um, still is. And it got her a tattoo apprenticeship because there was sincere hustle, sincere you know, art there, drive, passion, willingness to be put put out there and seen and judged and just awesome. So that's, that's what happened as I saw Amber and I was like, wow, you know, are you a tattooer? She goes, no, but I want to be. And I said, well, girl, you're gonna be. I mean, don't even worry about that. I'd offer you an apprenticeship right now if I didn't have an apprentice, but you should really reach out to my boss, John. And this is, I don't remember the timeline, but I want to say it was like 2016, 17. I'm so abysmal with timelines, but I think it was then. Amber actually counts her tattoos that she's done. So she's in the 500s now. So I don't know if that gives you any kind of any kind of perspective as to how long this has been going on. But she, I was her first tattoo. Now she's in the 500. So to give you an idea of the hustle of this woman. But yeah, so she started doing her apprenticeship with, with John, under John. But in truth, Amber is such a self-made artist in so many ways. I mean, she just is so diligent to her craft that it would have happened for her even if she had just picked up a tattoo machine and did it herself. I feel very certain that had she just put herself to it, she she, she could have gotten it, you know, gotten it down and been doing her own thing regardless of, of the apprenticeship she got, where she got it, any of it. But anyway, she, she did an apprenticeship under John at Tattooed Heart. And um, while she was there and designing and making flash sheets and ready-mades, I saw her with this unicorn skull. And I was like, dude, I want that. I want that. 
she's like, well, I don't even know how to tattoo yet. I said, I don't care. You will. Because if this all goes as planned, you're, that's what you're moving towards. I want that tattoo. So when it finally came for us to explore this tattoo, she was tattooing already. She was doing smaller pieces that were digestible and manageable. She had tattooed me, me already. And, um, you know, I was at a very, I think, self-involved place in my life, uh, which, you know, guys, I, I know that I put in my work to get fired. Um, I know I did. So there's, there's only my side that you guys get to hear, but I, I recognize that their side exists too. And I'm not trying to take away from it. It hurt me in a lot of ways. Um, but I do, I do see myself as earning what happened and needing to learn the lessons of it. But I was in a very self-involved place and, uh, this was, and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Amber sees this as me being abusive or opportunistic or any of these things, but I genuinely believed in her and given my own experience, I know how much that I learned from just doing tattoos, time under the needle with tattoo artists, with people who volunteered skin, people who made me all kinds of promises that never lived up to them. I mean, I've, I've finished tattoos on ex-boyfriends past when we broke up. You know, it was something that we started that I finished. Can't say it was the most fun thing in the world, but I did so. And usually it was always with the promise that like, oh yeah, you know, I'll enter it in contests. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then when the time came for them to, to stand up to their end of it, I'd always fall off. They'd run away or they'd go live their lives. So, you know, I, this is, this is a bunch of things of, you know, I think the lessons of love and time and, and what we deserve and what we earn. So we came down to her tattooing. And what I was noticing is, is that she really, really wants and wanted to fixate on her lines. She wanted to get the lines in super quickly. And at this, this phase, when I was really wanting her to, to do this tattoo finally for me, now that she could, one, I wanted to show her that she's going to have to do bigger pieces. Uh, this ready-made one-off thing that she wants to do. Anybody who is out there learning, like, look, I get it, but your client might want to sleeve one day. And if you make a tattoo that is completely self-contained and you don't think about the potential of what your client would want down the road and how they might change and what their vision might be, you paint yourself into a corner. And then you have to think about how to expand on upon, upon your work. So there were several lessons, despite however selfish I was being within my own wants towards Amber, and whether or not I might have been taking advantage of her and she might have felt forced or what, I don't know. I don't know. If, if she felt that way, she never communicated it. But I don't know. It could just trying to put myself in her position. But anyway, I 
was trying to teach her a few things. One, that you commit to the line work. You're committing to a piece that you designed years ago, you know, potentially, which is the case here. So I really wanted this piece to go up into my armpit. The way that we had it fared out and where I wanted it, I wanted on my chat, on my side. As the tattoo was originally designed, it wouldn't go into my armpit. So I wanted it to. And with each of my tattoos, whenever I kind of pick out what I want and I really start thinking about it, it might not have a direct meaning right away. It might just be like, whoa, that I love that and that matters to me. I'm not exactly sure why it matters to me, but it matters to me. And for the unicorn skull, I mean, I've talked about it already. Some of the stuff that I'm saying right now is repetitive. It's because I, I really wanted a unicorn. It was so much of my childhood, but all unicorns since then had become so hokey and cheesy that I, I couldn't get a live one. It's just, it wasn't me anymore. Like, I... I, I I've, I've been vetted by my experience and I'm not innocent anymore. I appreciate innocence. I love innocence. I revel in innocence and I, I, I'm happy for the parts of me that still have a lot of hope despite the, the realistic beatings that I've gotten in my life. But I'm not the same as I was when I was a kid. And so a unicorn couldn't be the same for me. I had to morph into something else that was more, more real and more an expression of where I was really. So we dubbed it the death of dreams. And she, I asked her, I was like, is there any way that we can expand this into my armpit? So she I said, maybe a, a, you know, a candle that's been blown out and we research candles and their meaning and all this stuff. I mean, Amber's really into Wiccan, which I, you know, I dig pagan faiths in a lot of ways. I, I see, I see their, I see what they're getting at, you know? Um, yeah, even though I'm, I found my faith that I really want to pursue, all of the faiths that I have encountered have led me to this. So I can't, I can't throw them out like they're they're what led me here so they can't be all that bad right um <laughs> I mean I, I think it's like anything it's a tool it's how you use it this fork can either stab you or feed you um so there's that so we were looking into things that I knew that she would be into candles and she loves nature and flowers and florals so we looked up deadly flowers and so that now this unicorn skull was already surrounded by by deadly flowers but she extended it out we added a few more to the mix went into my armpit and one of the things that i really wanted her to try was one do a piece that forces you to do it in multiple sessions now guys i'm kind of pussy when it comes to tattooing I do not like to sit for a tattoo session longer than four or five hours. Really past that, I become, I mean, it, it, to me, it, if you're, if you're local to the tattoo artist, there's just no reason to put yourself in a state of where you're pushing your body into the zone where you're starting to not like the person who's tattooing you. And, and there's just a, there's just a threshold that everybody has. Mine is definitely the six hour mark. I start to hate your face. 
So four hours is beautiful. It's beautifully digested. I don't think we went beyond three hours, if I'm being honest, with each of my sessions. But we only got to lines and some black work with this tattoo. And I was, I put her honestly under timelines that were really unfair to the tattoo, to her ability to get into the tattoo. It was, like I said, it was very selfish of me, uh, how I approached all of this, but there was sincere wants that I was trying to give her some certain experiences that I knew would make her better. She probably resented given the fact that she doesn't want to finish it. I'm certain she resented them. Um, uh, but I digress. The thing that I wanted and that I want to share with all of you is, is that if you're learning to tattoo and even if you're an artist, the way I was taught was you don't overly commit right away in the beginning. And with tattoos, when you set black into your tattoo, that is a commitment. So either the tattoo is going to be centered around the black work that you're putting in, it's a black work tattoo, and it's based in lines and the black and everything, or as is most color artists case, the lines and the color all work together to create the overall artwork. So here's the thing with tattooing, if you have multi-session pieces, I have seen in people who have been doing it for a very long time, the fact that they do not put in uh, like the line that the tattoo ultimately we have at the end in the beginning. They put in the framework of the piece, they build it up, and then they set the lines at the very end once they can see the whole piece. Because that's what you got to do when you do bigger work. You, you have to look at it from afar. You get so caught up when you're on it, when you're like in it and you're on it, that you don't realize that how it really looks from far away. Now, overall, Amber does impeccably well. Her style is very, um, it's like a mixture. It's illustrative, but it's her own thing. It's definitely, you can note her in it, but it has a lot of notes in um, neo-traditional and um, also I'd say her own cutesy version of like new school. So, and it has those notes, both in color and, you know, concept, everything, everything. Stylistically, everything. So, very tattoo friendly, which is why I, when I first saw her art, I was like, oh my God, you know, are you a tattoo artist? I wanted to kind of impart on her and give her a space on my body, which... Any tattoo artist who doesn't recognize the immense honor it is to get body after body after body that wants to submit themselves to not only your craft, but pain and all. If you do not recognize how awesome that is, uh, I mean... I think you're setting yourself up for a massive fall. We'll just leave it there. I wanted her to have my body to experiment on in this space. That, you know, the way I was seeing is we would be in contact with each other forever. You know, like, why? Why wouldn't we? I didn't think that what's happening now would happen. I thought that we could take our time. I didn't see any rush, any, any worry about it. I still don't see any rush. 
honestly, it's not going to be finished by Amber. I mean, I don't even know that for certain. That's just the way it is right now. All I'm saying is, is that I wanted her to get out of this newbie headspace of needing to finish work, which is still a part of her paradigm right now because she's still counting tattoos that she does, which I'll be honest, is a lot about her and not so much about, I think, the profession of tattooing, which to me is about making forever marks and working with another human being in a very spiritual and very connected way where you are taking what another person gives you and you are marking them with a rare moment, something that is completely theirs. And when you're counting tattoos and you're kind of, it's, it feels a lot to me like men who sleep with a lot of women, if I'm being honest. And again, it's just a very new way to see it. You know, like I, I've been there, you know, I, I haven't counted my tattoos, but you know, I, when you, when you, look at the work and you don't recognize the people involved in it, it it becomes a very shallow view and it, it's a, it's an attachment that you have because you get so wrapped up into uh, kind of framing your identity with the artwork. And I do art, uh, but I am not the art. The art is its own thing and it's on another person. And so if anything, it's our art. And it's our experience. Um, But that was basically what I was sharing with her, or at least trying to. uh, Despite how she's taken it, that's what I was trying for. She has more Instagram followers than me now. She's doing ready-made after ready-made. She's still counting. She'll have many more to count. I don't think any of this is going to... I mean, what does Amber care who I am and what I do, obviously, from this point. She's on a roll, and God bless, you know? Um, nothing but love. I'm just saying. Uh, and for, for whatever it's worth, my opinions are just that. They're mine. Whatever somebody, whatever their journey is, I, that's their journey. And that's, that's how they keep going. Who am I, Right? But this is what I was trying to do, and that's why I'm communicating on my podcast to all of you who are listening to this podcast, because somehow, some way, some reason, you like coming back here, for better or for worse, to listen to me rant about my crazy life. Um, that Even in the background of what I'm talking about right here, there is probably a half a dozen more things that we haven't even mentioned yet. I probably will get to them. I was so keyed up this week with so many awesome insights and church always, 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 always gives me that. It like wraps the week up so beautifully in everything that I was experiencing. So that was one of the things that I was trying to teach Amber, trying to participate with this, trying to have her go outside of her comfort zones and her wants to experiment with different ways about how to bring a tattoo up because it's all valid and for better or for worse especially with long pieces you know or bigger pieces they're multiple sessions they take you 
regularly submitting and from what I've understood and is the case with this, sometimes years separate you and this client and what your original commitment is. And personally, as an artist, I don't like to commit to things that I determined years ago. And that's one of the lessons that I've learned with time over like 15 plus years of experience in this industry is that I kind of like to make it very, very mobile. I like to keep the art in the now. And if you, you put lines in that really lock you into the then, then you gotta, then you gotta deal with those. And they really, like I said, they paint your ass into a corner that, that even though I did it, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to paint myself into this corner if I can help it. And so I think it's best to put what I call bullshit lines in, which are these very light lines that give you a lot of room to bring up the rest of the design and the rest of the tattoo as you go. It also makes sure that the person you're doing the tattoo comes back to you because it keeps it not finished which is another thing that you should always think about because if they can go to somebody else to get something that you do, why wouldn't they? So, you know, keep them keep them coming back. These are the things that I was trying to give Amber at the time, and this is before I was fired. So recently I reached out to her. I, I communicated all that to you guys. I shared with you. My, my mission about this unicorn skull shared the whole thing now and, and how I'm wanting to get it finished. And this is kind of cool because I do feel like, again, this is a lesson for me and this is a just an interesting place. It's undone and I just found out, like I said, from Amber that she doesn't want to finish it. I think the only thing that I... If I could critique at all how I feel about this and put this out there for her, if she ever listens to this, I can't imagine. I don't know. Maybe she will. Who knows? Um, maybe she does. Who knows? But what she said in her email was, I don't think I'm a right fit to finish this tattoo. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's not, that's not a good way to frame it. Um, if I could critique that at all, I mean, what better fit to finish the tattoo than the person who, who designed it, right? But within all of this, there is a lot of gifts. And as much as I can critique, and I know I love with the critique of Amber, I'd like to follow with a lot of pluses. So here's credits to Amber. One, she got back to me and she didn't make me wait very long, which is very kind. I appreciate her taking the time necessary to really sit on how she felt, which I'm sure, you know, being confronted with me after so many years, after so much has happened in, in so many ways that have changed our relationship with each other, for her to sincerely take the time necessary to get back to me and confront a situation that I'm sure she was not pleased to confront and do so in a timely fashion is truly a gift because now I can figure it out. I can find another artist. I can, I can move forward getting this tattoo finished. And, um, and I, and I did offer her, I offered her an out. I said, you know, if you don't want to finish it, 
I want to offer that to you. You know, you're, I don't want you to finish something you don't want to finish anymore. You're not locked into this. So she decided not to do it. I wish she would have just said that and just said, yeah, I, I don't want to finish it. I'm, yeah, there's a lot of reasons you could give, but like everyone at that shop, like my entire um, firing experience, I will admit it brought up a lot of pain and anger and rejection and just mystique because uh, almost everybody there has turned away from me. And, you know, I could take that personally and, and that's how I have in, in, in a lot of ways, but it's not a good way to take it. In business, it's not, it's just not personal. Um, it's hard not to take it personally. It's especially hard with so much time that I put into that place and how well I knew everybody and how much I tried to love everyone as best I could. It's very hard not to take it personally, but, you know, and in lieu of tattoos, you know, I have people reach out with me all the time to get tattoo work done and I've kept people waiting for years. I mean, Kina is one of the people who has waited years to get in with me. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people think that because I haven't got back to them that I'm rejecting them. And I do say that on my, on my website, that if I don't get back to you, it might mean that I'm not interested in the project of late. That's not the case. It's just simply that I went through a trauma and I totally need to rebound from that before I could I could service other people well. So I, I kept it safe for a time that it needed to be safe, that we were all playing it safe. And it is only until recently that I'm opening up to people again. I've had people in the way that they approach me with tattoos. There's so much humility. They're just like, I just thought that you wouldn't like my project. And, you know, before we even do it, um, which... That's pretty awesome that people have that much reverence for my art and that much want for it and hopes for it. I have to admit that amount of gratitude. I mean, it's incredible. But it's very rarely the case. I mean, even if I read something that I think, wow, this is a really, this is a kooky idea. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why they want me for this, but screw it. Let's have a consultation. <laughs> let's, let's talk it out. I mean, usually that's how it goes with me. I'll, I have no problem rejecting you to your face. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I, why I take things personally, because we always think, you know, I treat people as if I, how I want to be treated, but that's not how it works really. You know, like, yes, that's the philosophy of a Christian for sure. That is the golden rule treat others as you want to be treated. But within that, it's, it's essential to levy yourself and put yourself in that other person's shoes and see it from where they're seeing it. And so it's not just treat others as you want to be treated. It's see others and, and put yourself in their position as they're looking at you so that you can better see them and forgive and move on. These are all things that are being discussed right now at my church. You know, I'm in a membership program through 
through courses and we have to go through um, a thing called um, the Peacemakers Pledge, which is an agreement that we're going to handle conflicts in a very specific way. And that this is part of it, is that you have to forgive as Christ forgives and as, as he says to, to forgive things. So I felt myself being very upset and very angry with, with uh, Amber right away because I was so fixated on how she did it without really looking at all of the gifts and all the positives. You know, I was fixated on just the passive-aggressive, I don't think I'm a right fit kind of thing because it, it's, it just seemed absurd. And with the ability to confront the issue via email, to me, I mean, that's a space where you just hit it straight, man. You know, you just you just say it. You know, just say the thing. I, I don't want to do it. I think you should find somebody else. I appreciate you reaching out to me. The other gift that she gave me was that she was willing to send over to me the design. She was willing to sacrifice her design, her efforts, and give it to me so that I could find another artist, which she did not owe me at all. That is a huge thing to, to give me her work. But I, I, I refuse that part. It, it, just because I turned it down doesn't mean that it wasn't an amazing offer. It was an incredible offer of her to uh, gift me the design because no money has been exchanged for this tattoo. I don't think, I think if anything, I've, I've given her like a hundred bucks maybe here and there for time and supplies, but nothing equivocating to what her value is in, um, as far as money. Now that was not going to be the case moving forward. Whatever her hour, hourly rate is right now, I was fully committed to paying it. And I told her as much once we kind of parked on this tattoo that in the future, all the lessons that I wanted to have gained from this piece, I had already, I had already gone over with her and that the next round would be me fully committing to the tattoo, to the time, to just sitting there and taking it and not fucking around anymore, excuse my language, but not doing that and just paying her, paying her for what she was worth because by the time you know, we got to that point, she was, she was fully moving, man. Like, I mean, her acceleration into the stratospheres of awesome is, I mean, it's just so expedited. It's like light years ahead of me <laughs> as far as like my progress, at least as far as I can see it. Um, she's just in the stratosphere, man. Yeah. So I wanted to speak about it because I'm in this very particular spot right now where I, I've suffered these disconnects, not just me, but them too, where things happened and they didn't go, I think, as anybody really intended. But I do think everybody has given their best towards this. And even though it's, it's wounded me in ways that I know I've expressed here, there's been a lot of anger, there's been a lot of hurt. There's been all these things that were very, like I said, selfish and self-involved. I think we have to get over that and feel it and go through it. I'm no different than anyone else. But now I'm really trying to, I have to forgive. And I have to grow. 
and I have to move on from these points. And I have a tattoo that is undone and needs to be finished. And so right after her uh, rejection of finishing it, I was thinking, gosh, who the heck am I going to get to finish this? You know? I have a few people that are friends of mine that I can pitch to and I intend to. I'm going to see what they have to say. But I kind of expect them to turn it down because they're rolling in their own regards. And the truth of the matter is, as many tattoo artists, they just don't like picking up after everybody else. They don't like managing uh, a project that they didn't get to found. And so it's going to take me finding that rare person. But I do think that I'm doing the work right now to earn that because there's lots of cover-ups that I'm a part of these days. My, my new client, Kina, she, she has a cover-up that she's partially laser removed off and we have to work her new tattoo with. And she was, she said, I, I was scared because I, I didn't know if you liked cover-ups. I love cover-ups, but she didn't know if I would take it because of that. She said, you know, I know a lot of tattoo artists don't like it. You know, so I know that, that I mean, I shouldn't believe in karma. It's, it's kind of a dirty word in the, in the evangelical Christian arena. But I'm kind of a open opportunity agent when it comes to language, all of it. You know, I conceptually understand karma and I, I, I don't know what else you call it. Um, just fate, meaning, I don't know, but I feel like I'm earning, uh, karma, karmatic, uh, points here. If there is such a thing, I mean, I might be, I might be just, I don't know. I'm a control freak. Anyway, I do a lot of cover-ups. And I am willing to let this tattoo take the time it needs to take. I'm also willing to earn new relationships, go outside of the things that I'm comfortable with, reach out to several tattoo artists that I've already scoped, and do what's been done to me a few times you know, have people ask in ways where they didn't know if I was into it, but took the leap, took the risk, per was persistent, pushed down even the walls and the barriers and, and just waited and hoped, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that with some of these people that I would really like to get tattooed by. I'm going to push through even what they say on their Instagram is a no, no. I'm going to, I'm just going to see. Which, by the way, I mean, people have done it to me and, uh, you know, I highly appreciate people who go through the right channels, have patience, wait their turn, you know, just, just hold tight until it's time. I like that a lot because I tend to get around eventually. It's, it's definitely not on a timeline that is efficient, but it's definitely happens. And I do think it happens as is intended. But for those who have railroaded my funnels and who have chosen to disregard either completely because they are that type of person 
or just out of sheer like not paying attention, super excited, reach out to me because <laughs> because they're, you know, they really want to get in with me. I, you know, I have responded to people like that and I've sent them I've sent them, you know, links to to book with me. So it it does work. It's just that Right now, I'm kind of free floating with it, and I'm seeing what moves me and what wills me, and I have to give time for all of this personal insight to come over me, because I truly, truly know it's making me a better person, and I I think that if it's doing that, then it'll only make me a better artist, a better tattooer, and, and just... In the meantime, if you're moving on and you're getting work done by other people or if you're, you know, even if you're saying that bitch Amy, you know, like she never got back to me. I had to move on. She's awful. I can't believe that she's so self-centered. And I mean, really, honestly, whatever you're saying about me, that's that's fine. I, I'll, I'll accept it. I <laughs> as I started this podcast out with, I can admit where I'm flawed. I. Uh. I've been a fool and in many ways still am a fool. So I I hear it. I I get it. I'm trying to be better. That's all I can say. And I want to give my best to everyone. And while I'm not assured of my best, I think it's best that I remove myself at least partially from, from the public and make sure to be fair so that, you know, everybody gets what they should get. I mean, if it's a... I'm sorry, everyone, at the background noise, I'm turning on a light because it's getting dark. It's around 8 o'clock here now. Isn't that beautiful? In May, it doesn't really start getting dark until like 8. I love it. Um, Person of the light over here. So, yeah, I... That's how I see it. I also find it in in a very odd way an honor to even take up headspace in a bad way in someone's head. I guess that's just part of being a professional creative. You know, you got to put yourself out there and you have to be willing to be seen. And you don't get to control how you are seen by anyone. You can just do your best and then whatever you get, you get. What people think about me is honestly none of my business. I will say this, that if you think that you're knocking me down by talking shit about me when I'm not there. My friend, you are sorely mistaken. I I think it's a great service, honestly, to me, because it's kind of the definition of, of like, you know, the all news is good news. Being infamous is just as good as being famous. I mean, The truth is, is that if your life is interesting enough to be talked about when you're not present, I mean, in my eyes, that's, uh, that's fame in a very real way. You know, if I'm doing something that's potent enough to be around past my physical being, well, that's just good art. That's just being a good artist. I've, I've made an impact. I've made you feel, I've shook you up, I arrested something you know art's supposed to get us to think it's meant to reflect on everything and to connect us better and in a non-violent way what better and non-violent way than 
being talked about when I'm not there. So whether it's good or bad, I think it's good. So if, if you do it, you know, you think you're hurting me. I, I'm, I'm just here to tell you you're hurting yourself. Um, that's, that's just how, that's how I see it. I think it, it hurts me when I do it with other people, you know, but I, I can't stop cause I'm only human and, and I'm going to be real. I, I'm deeply affected by things. So I try to be as transparent and open and honest as possible. You know, I've had a lot of blindness and a lot of blind spots in my life and a lot of stubbornness and you know, again, wrapping back around to Rico, I, I have to appreciate the animal that he is, you know, because I have definitely been that way to a lot of people in my life. So if anything, when I, when I'm with him, I'm confronting a lot of what I've been and a lot of what I am in a lot of ways. And so if I'm to reject it, I know I'm rejecting myself and my own choices. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to walk into the pain. I want to walk into it and I want to shift things now, I, I, I need to. I've run from a lot of responsibilities. And it wasn't really running. It was just simply, you know, saying to myself, being honest and saying, wow, I, I just don't feel comfortable with that. I don't feel ready for that. I feel scared of that in a way that I know is it's just not right to put myself in alignment with doing something like that. And so I, I didn't take on certain challenges that now when I look at them, I'm like, wow, okay, you know, I probably could have done that. Yeah, it would have sucked, but, you know, I, I, I see myself a little bit differently now and I'm, I've been through a lot more. And so I have some, some different perspectives and assurance, insurances than I had before. But, you know, you can't time travel. You can only be in the now. And so that's something that Rico has said, you know, has great, he has great sayings. And this is one I'll give to you guys. If you're angry, you're stuck in the past. If you're worried, you're stuck in the future. So try not to be either, you know, stay in the now. If, and that's something that you do if you're having panic attacks. They tell you, you know, get really present with what's happening to you and analyze everything around you. Like, you know, this table is hard and it's this color and what's in front of me is in front of me touch it feel it experience it that's that's what will keep you like calm you down and let you just be I'm trying to do that more and with myself practice that more because you know these are things that I've preached I want to keep looking in the mirror guys um, because through confronting everything I know I'll grow I know I will I guess uh, the other thing is, you know, uh, just sharing with you guys this beautiful uh, experience of getting hit by something that was painful, sharing that with all of you, you know, continually sharing with all of you that, hoping that it, it matters, that it means something. Also, you know, my influences in the realms of what I'm learning as far as church and spirituality and what is healing me, truly healing me. It's like knowing a secret that you know will alleviate so much pain and suffering from people and to actively withhold that is just, that's abysmal, right? Like that's terrible. In fact, there's a Bible verse that we went over that was pretty cool. Let me see if I remember it correctly. Let's see here. There's basically a Bible verse that says that you have, if you have gifts, 
that you need to share them and you'll be given more gifts. But if you bury them, then they'll cease to be. That, that's a big thing. And, you know, I've always believed in that. I, I want to see if I can find it. But before I do, some, some things that did stand out this week uh, that I can share is uh, this part of the Peacemakers Pledge, which this is where we were at when I came to my my membership classes for the church because uh, we're moving through this slowly and when we finally wrapped up this week so now all I have to do is give my testimony as to why I came to God and this church and testify in front of at the very least the pastor but I'm y'all know me I can't shut up so I'm I'm gonna keep testifying I'm gonna get rebaptized and all that smack um, and by the way, I've been baptized twice already. Um, so this will be my third baptism. I think finally I'm being baptized symbolically the way it should be done when you are truly committing to a face. In the past, my first baptism was as a baby. And then my next baptism, I followed a friend who actually, conveniently enough, just randomly stopped by today. How cool is that? My friend Katie. There was a point in our teenage lives where she got really into a church and I kind of followed her there and I got rebaptized there. What I experienced there was very real, you know, but I, I, I was doing it because I wanted to be around my friend. I'll be real. I love her to death and she's such a great friend and we're still friends. I mean, we've known each other since we were two years old. So she, she randomly reached out to me today. We were able to sit and kind of chill and catch up. It's been a while since we've seen each other. A lot of great things are happening in her life. And it's just so cool. It's so cool to have uh, a friend like that, that you've known most of your life and that has followed you through so many changes. But in any event, I'm going to get rebaptized as a symbol and dedication to my faith currently. And you have to do a testimony with that as well. And they ask in the church that you give a biblical verse of scripture. So I do want to try and find that for you guys um, after I read this. But this is where we picked up uh, during our Peacemakers Pledge and our membership classes. And it's, Go and be reconciled. Instead of accepting premature compromise or allowing relationships to wither, we will actively pursue genuine peace and reconciliation, forgiving others as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us, and seeking just and mutually beneficial solutions to our differences. You know, I've, I've gotten into, for example, and this, this is a problem that it has persisted my entire life. It's the reason why... I did have a nervous breakdown. It's the reason why I did have to go to therapy. It's the reason why there's still struggles in my family dynamics and current struggles in my relationship dynamics is because there's a big thing, I think, especially in the professional world, and there's just this big understanding of competition. And I think that's something that really puts people off capitalism in a big way is because um, they see it as super cutthroat. There's this whole like winner's win thing. And I've actually ran into that in a few spaces recently with family. 
now when I, when I find it and I see it, it makes me really sad because I know, I just know how much suffering is in that state of mind. What, what kind of dragon you're chasing. And, um, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm very assured now because I've been there. I've been blind like that. I've been in that whole winner's win, you know, kind of shit. I don't know how to put it. I don't like to be in it. And honestly, in most ways, I'm I'm not even I'm not even capable enough to compete like that. I mean, maybe I am, but I don't want to. I don't really see the competition. I see that on planet Earth, there's enough room for all of us. And why don't we just appreciate the fact that we might not like what somebody's doing down the way, but it's not not my business. It's not really, it's not affecting me as much as I might not like it. You know, everybody's, everybody's doing their thing. And as long as they're not hurting me and they're not telling me how I need to live, what difference does it make, right? But this is, this is pending relationship dynamics you know you're actively involved in a relationship this is membership meetings I'm becoming a member you know I'm becoming a person attached to a community which my whole life guys relationships have been the thing that I've struggled with it's actually the block right now because and it has been and so many people I mean I've I've conversed with Halo about this. I'm really trying to struggle for, like, I want to start a business. I want to start something that's mine moving forward. I have one. I have my own tattoo business, but I don't want to run a tattoo shop. And I honestly don't want to be alone in my work environment the way I am. I mean, I always have my clients for sure, but, you know, I like working around other professionals. It keeps me fresh. It pushes me. It, it, it creates the kind of space that's invigorating and it stimulates me. But I've, I've only worked for people. Working for myself, I, I can stimulate myself, but I, I've tried to get a business coach through Jason Stapleton, which by the way, Jason, if you ever listen to my podcast, I don't know if you do or you don't, but it would be cool if I knew that you did. There's so many things in front of me. I've never before in tat- in podcasting kept notes, but now I do, and it's pretty cool. But getting to that, I want Jason to know I, I'm a nomad from his nomad network, which uh, is, is disbanding at this point because uh, he's moving on in his career. He sent me at one point because I won a contest uh, that was run. He sent me all this really cool swag, and one of the things that he sent uh, to me was a, a notebook, like a little nomad notebook with his emblem on it. And this is this is my note-taking book for church. When I go to Bible study and when I'm in church, the nomad book is what I use to write down all of my thoughts as I experience Bible study and my church services. It's random as hell. Like, the things in here are so personal and pivotal and specific to the time that I anybody picked it up they'd be like what the heck is this girl on but um, you kind of have to be there but that's the point it's it's for me to go back and reference for myself and kind of look at and you know I make notations of certain things in the bible but you know getting back I went to Jason 
for some business coaching. And eventually I just was like, Jason, I don't, I mean, I, I don't really want to say like I'm firing you, but I, I just kind of feel like every, every week I try to think about what we're going to talk about here. And we always end up talking about something, but I kind of feel like it's, it is in those spaces and therapy when I show up and I, I, I said to Jason, I was like, you know, I'm not firing you, but I, I just, I don't want to waste your time anymore, man, because what I've realized is, is that there's, the needle moves, uh, tattoo reference there, but, and things get done and I, I feel like I'm constantly scaling and I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm pushing into the next thing, but I have no clue how I do it. And the hope was to, to clean it up and regulate it more, but for better or for worse, whatever I do, when I step out of it and I see what other people are doing and I compare myself to where they're at, I realize I'm, I'm really not that unorganized in the grand scheme, nor am I that messed up. I just cannot understand for the life of me where I'm at, what's next. I just let it flow. And it's not anything I really think I can talk about and plan for and, and clean up. It just works. I don't know what drives it. I don't know what makes it work, but it works. And he smiled and he was just like, you know, Amy, I'm, you don't owe me anything. I'm here for you. I'm here for you if you need me. That's what all this is about. You know, I'm available to you this many times, but you don't have to utilize that all the time if you don't need it. You know, I'm, I'm just here for you, dude, when you do. And just so you know, this is very common for other creatives. They, they're the same way. They don't really know how the needle moves. It's kind of chaotic, but the needle does. And, you know, he's like, you're not unlike most creatives that I work with. So, you know, count yourself the same there, you know, so you don't feel too weird. But yeah, I've, I've sought that out and, you know, because I, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying guys. If anything, I suffer from trying too hard. I think a lot of the times in a big way, but you know, the next thing is I think really fixing this relationship blind spot that I have. And a lot of it comes down to, like I confessed in the beginning, I'm a control freak and it's been a lot of trying to cure that, realizing what is mine and what isn't mine to command, the serenity prayer, you know, God let me know what I can and can't control, you know, and, and I'm, I'm learning that and I'm learning it in this space so potently. It's, it's amazingly beautiful, but within the go and be reconciled thing, the thing that I encounter a lot in relationship is that you meet people's insecurities when you spend enough time around them. And none of us are devoid of insecurities. Everybody says be secure when you go into a relationship. Like you, like you, can, like you can do that. No. You come into a relationship and you have insecurities. They're very real. They're very potent. And you get over them as you can. And typically it takes having support and having people around you that help you get through those things uh, to truly get through them. But what I find is, is that in partnerships or in relationships, what ends up happening is that everybody's insecurities ends up beating up everyone else's. 
it's like we hit this pressure point where it's like you got a button I'm pushing it I got a button you're gonna push back like it's just this endless war that persists and and at the end of it what everybody decides to do is you know disconnect and in a big way that's what happened with tattooed heart it was mutual because I, if I had I had not get gotten fired I would have quit but I had in my mind how I would have done it and it was really upsetting to me that it got done in a way that not only was so hurtful but just uh, it just left me with so much pain um it's been hard to get over it and then feeling what I felt with Amber just recently that just brought it all up again but right after that I went to church and I got this information and it's information I've given. I've given it in my own relationship with Rico. We've gotten in arguments before where I've just gotten really defeated and said, fine, you win. And he's he would get so mad when I would say that and he'd run after me and be like, what? No, you don't get to start an argument and then walk away. You don't get to do that. So I, it's like I couldn't even just declare him a winner and walk away. And, and eventually evolved into me screaming at him saying do you want to pummel me is that your goal because I just told you you win but in you needing to win because that's your aim right you're winning I already told you you won but your need to win makes me not want to be with you because what I want is a partner what I want is to do cool shit with cool people. I've always wanted that. It's what I always said when I was at Tattooed Heart. It's what I told my boss. It's what I told everybody. I wanted a team. I wanted a, a place. I wanted a group of people that, you know, I could move forward with. But you can't force it. And you can't make that happen in other people. If they're not determined to do the same things, then, you know, you're, you're not with the right people. And this is what I wrote in my my journal when I was in Bible study. And it's so weird because as I as I wrote this, my dad was speaking about something he wrote in regards to the Bible. And it was all about finding your people, finding your tribe, being with people that are in God. And I wrote in regards to Amber she rejected finishing my tattoo and was unbelievably passive-aggressive about it and saying, I don't think I'm the right fit for this tattoo to finish it. At the same time, my dad sang his song and it's about being with believers and about being with the right people, being okay with God's plan. God made it clear to me in this moment that Amher wasn't the right fit. That is, in fact, the truth. She spoke truth in that moment, even though I didn't like it in my mind. It was absurd. Um, and I should love this situation. This is what I wrote. Appreciate the test for what it is. So that's the thing that I've been working re recently is being with people that challenge me, that are fighters that have always existed in the space that was very 
winners win kind of thing. And what I'm finding is, is that I wasn't taught winners win, you know? I was taught that there's a game that is life and you play to play. You don't play to win. You play because it's better than sitting on the sidelines and thinking that you can't. That you can't play because you're not as good as everyone else. And so there's no point in trying. Well, I was taught that way because as you all know, I, I had a congenital you know, issue right away. And as it turns out, I have this new diagnosis that you all now know about as well. And so for me, in a lot of ways, I can't compete. But it isn't about competing because at the end of this life, there is no fucking medal. There's death. That's it. There's death. So the reward is, is what exactly? You know, for me now as a Christian, it's, you know, joining God, being with God and being in a place of infinite connection and love and knowing that I earned that spot in how I played the game of life. That's it. So it's not about winning. It's never about winning. And being a Christian, it's not about winning. It's about joining people and finding the right people. When, when you go into things, you, you got to set your head straight. You got to go into things with the right thinking and the right tools. Um, in Philippians, it's Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with, thee, be with you. So that's the prize. Within that, I didn't really hear winners win, right? I, I hear a lot of virtue. I hear a lot about pure, honest, right things. You know, honestly, everything that, that unicorns symbolize to me, you know, to pull back to my want for a unicorn and why I was so attracted to them as a child, they, they stood for all these things in my mind, which is why I've always wanted one. I really want to find, I might have to pause the podcast to wrap it up with a few Bible quotes that I want to find for you guys and read to you because they really impacted me this week. And part of what I'm sharing with you guys are the things that healed me. And if I, I do think the word has been so important because as I've realized and in myself and in many people, you know, it's very, it's very true of all of us that we reject things without a lot of knowledge, you know. And one of the big things is the Bible. You know, very few people have read the Bible front to cover and even understand what it says, what's in it. And the more that I invest time in it, the more I realize that it just has a verse for everything. Just everything. And every time that I put myself here, I'm renewed. You know, I, I feel this peace. I feel this reason. I feel this warmth. I feel this security and this calm. And it's how I feel when I'm, when I'm making art. 
you know, it's this flow state that is this amazing connective force that I go to. It isn't me fully. It isn't, it's just, it's everything that just flows and it's super, super cool. So I do want to search those things out and I might have to pause the podcast so I don't keep dodging all over the place because I know that you guys have followed me through a lot of the meanderings of my mind here, but I, I wanted to try to free flow it as much as possible. I have a lot more notes than when I I, I do typically, but you know, a big, a big uh, symbol that has popped up, speaking of unicorns and symbolism and all this stuff, but a big one in the Bible is, um, is a vine. You know, God, Christ, speaks of himself as a vine. In Bible study, we're in John 15, and in John 15, he talks, well, the end of John 14 and the beginning of John 15, he talks about being the vine. You know, wine was very big back then, so, you know, it, it was the thing you drank. And so vineyards were huge, same with olive gardens. So these were big trees that um, were potent to that culture. So he speaks about being the vine and how any in him, any, any limb that branched out from him would bear fruit. And how important it is to trim parts that will not yield fruit. I mean, if you're a gardener, which I'm, I'm not, I'm learning... You have to learn to prune your garden, to weed it, to, to alleviate unnecessary dying, suffering limbs because it'll run roughshod on the potential of your yield. If you don't do that, if you don't re- remove that part of the plant, too much energy will go towards the deficit and not towards the, the thing that will actually make the yield. You know, I found this and I actually offer this to my dad because he was talking about, you know, asking God to be like a butler and give him what he wants and, you know, like commanding God to take away pain for him. And I told him, I said, you know, both him and I are creatives and the times that I've experienced God's grace has been when I create, I've noticed that all things stop. You know, the only thing that reminds me that I'm human in those moments is when I have to pee. I can't really ignore that or else I'm going to make a big old mess. But really, I'm, I'm not hungry. All, all energy, all thought goes into the creative process and I'm fully present. I'm fully there. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of the few times that my knee, even though it, you know, it's constantly has some degree of pain... I don't acknowledge it. You know, the pain stops. It's not like I won't feel the pain later or that it won't creep up on me in certain ways, but the relief comes when I can focus on bearing fruit. And I feel certain that the more that I bear fruit, the more that I share my gifts, the more that I try to offer to the world, to gift the world what's been gifted to me, That's when I'll feel God's gifts. That's when I will be alleviated from pain. That that will be the thing. So, you know, I offered that to my dad. And, and, you know, this is, this whole thing is giving me a lot of connection with my parents. You know, we've struggled in our relationships. We still do. Um, 
they're a part of my testimony as far as getting coming to the church. I just don't know what I'm going to say. I'm sure it's going to be a myriad of all the things that I've already shared with all of you guys. Just tried to be choreographed into a nice statement delivered and reviewed and prepared in a, in a nice way. And then finally given and performed. It's such a blessing. And as all the flowers bloom around me in May, I'm just, I'm smiling so much. Smiling with this peace that it's all beautiful and perfect. It's not like I'm cured or that I don't have worries. It's just that I'm learning to sit on them longer. I'm learning to just breathe because that's what I do in the states of discomfort that I that I have even in art making just yesterday Rico and I had a great art day we sat and we carved wood I've been really drawn to carving wood and let me tell you guys the magic in that was so I mean it's my next addiction addiction I know it's it's the thing I want to do more of I, I found my thing putting myself solely into this little itty-bitty carving that may or may not turn out. It was so cool. But I'll admit, when I started, I I was going to my, I was thinking, I feel like I'm going to be good at carving wood. I don't know. I've never done really subtractive sculpture in a big way. I've always been kind of scared about it. I've only done additive sculpture, like, you know, things with clay and things that you can build as you go. That was what was safe to me in the beginning. Those things felt really easy to me, whereas carving from like a shape and creating it into a whole other shape just seemed ominous. But now, like I said, you know, I've, I've done cover-ups, I've changed people's forevers, and I can start with a raw, raw piece of material and morph it into something really cool. I'm being tested in some really cool ways, but with the with the carving, I'll, I'll say that when I started, it was a struggle because I was like, oof, man, I might be out of my depth here. <laughs> I might not be as good as I think I am, but I just said, you know what? It's a little piece of wood. This is an opportunity. It's a beautiful day. I'm here. I'm with Rico. Rico was carving. He jumped right into it. I was so impressed with him and just his ability to jump right in like that it was awesome created these really cool skulls out of these avocado pits but I just in my mind was like you know what this is a day with my boyfriend I want to be really good at this but I don't know how good at this I'll be it's a piece of wood it has no shape right now it's just a piece of African boxwood that I was given by Evan in Omaha who does these phenomenal skull wood carvings, these itty-bitty wood carvings that are just gorgeous. And so he gave me a goodie bag full of stuff to try to carve and encouraged me and gave me some insights. And so, you know, I, it's just a block of wood. And I thought about it for a second and said, you know what? It can, you know, it might end up being a block of wood again. Uh, and it might just get thrown away and that probably was and is the destination for most pieces of wood let's be real 
They might get burnt. They might, you know, we just had a whole section of Soldier's Delight here in Nose Mills catch fire. And we, we drove through it recently and it's incredible. And to think about how many animals, you know, might have had their babies in those trees, how all these trees got burnt, you know, completely. And it was, it was weird, like going through, I mean, I, I, I could assimilate a lot with people in California and how they, you know, have regular forest fires like that. Majority of wood doesn't make it to being anything more than just a piece of wood. And that's okay. You know? Like, no matter what, it's kind of devoid of me. You know, it could, I could make it into something more or it could just be a piece of wood. And so I decided, well, I'm an artist. I know how to make art. This is art. Just breathe and let it all flow. Get into it and... Stop trying to make it into something. Just do. I'm doing it more and more, guys. And it's really fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. I really, really can't. Another cool thing that I learned from my mother, she's been following this knee specialist on Twitter, is that if you have joint pain or knee pain, she said I have to walk backwards every day for 10 minutes. So I haven't dedicated it to 10 minutes every day yet. I need to. Um, but I find that very ironic and interesting. Is that now I'm moving into subtractive sculpture and I'm walking backwards. And I've already put this out in the podcast before, but sometimes in order to go forward, we have to think like we're aiming at something. And like a bow and arrow, you have to pull it back, take aim, breathe, and loose when you're completely within the breath and completely focused on what you're aiming at, but you got to draw back first. And I find that so amazingly uh, ironic, uh, worth just having a quiet smile about in my own, my own being, but I thought I'd share it with you. The other thing that I learned is that the, I forget if it's the Greek or the Hebrew, I think it's Greek word for disciple is um, math, mathetes. I think that's what it is. I wrote it down phonetically as I could recant it. So who knows, but mathetes, which means math. So disciple comes from this concept of math and to learn addition and mathematical factualities to at the same time learn it, but also have competency for it and applicability for it. So this whole thing of like adding and subtracting, going forward and then going back, it's just also kind of cool. And, you know, most of the tattoos that I have to this point, they're all about opposites. Two that I had refinished not too long ago was my tortoise and my hair that are on my feet. And that tattoo took finding the right person, my friend Anastasia Ganau, and she finished them for me after my ex-boyfriend had tried his hand at tattooing and they just looked abysmal. I mean, he tried. I mean, um, it's not casting him out. Um, but they needed to be refurbished and put to right, and she did, and now I have a tortoise in my hair my hair, a tortoise and a hair on my feet that I'm truly proud of that is such a beautiful measure of her work 
and it's also just so much my experience, you know, you, you know, slow and steady, slow and steady is my speed. I don't know if it'll win the race, but it's certainly how I play the game. I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. I, I like to take my time and really absorb as much as possible. And so, you know, kind of wrapping this up without the few biblical quotes that I want to research at the end and kind of read out for you guys to wrap this podcast up. Moving forward with this tattoo, I am going to reach out to a few people and see what I might get. You know, I recommend to everybody to go fishing. Cast a wide net. I've said that many times to my clients when I'm talking to them in regards to finding a tattoo artist for their specific piece because, you know, when you fish, you just got to love to fish. You might not actually walk away with a fish. You just fish to fish. So I'm going to do some fishing, but I'm also going to put this out there as I am, really pray on it, and I'm, I'm going to let it come. I'm not going to force it as I did when this tattoo was kind of founded. I'm just going to let it evolve, and I know that the right artist or artists to finish it will present themselves. And it will be exactly as it should be. Because all things in nature and in life are exactly as they should be. Like I, like I quoted, no one knows basically what God has done um, or from beginning to end. As you can tell, I'm not really good at quoting scripture quite yet, but I'm learning. And with that, I'll leave you guys because we've now talked almost for two hours. I'm going to pause it. And then I'm going to pick up with a few biblical quotes that I think would be a great way to wrap this up. So this is a good one. This is Romans 9 through, let's see, through 18, I think. Well, actually, I'm going to read through 19. It's quite a, quite a bit, but basically it's, it's conveying that none of us are without sin. And so when we are, when we're speaking to people... Uh, we have to keep in mind that we are not, we're not righteous. You know, we, we, we have our own stories, but if we're not coming from a place of seeking reconcilia- reconciliation and um, to be reconciled, uh, this, this is apparent. So starting at Romans, uh, this is three, chapter three, verse nine. What then? Are we better than they? No. In no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, and their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things... Soever the law saith, 
It saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. So that essentially is like, you know, none of us are better than anyone. If, if you think you have more right to your sayings than someone else, I mean, you're wrong. You're just wrong. We're, we're, all, we're all under God. We're all going to be judged. And so if you're not moving towards peace, you, you're waging war. And that's what it, it speaks about right there is that you're an agent of war. So if you have ideals for peace, you, you have to seek peace. You have to speak with that in mind, that kind of play-to-play -play mentality, not play-to-win mentality. So I'm going to stop again and find another, another one. Here's one that I think everybody will appreciate. It's Matthew 7:12. It's the whole do unto others. 12. Se uh, <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So, essentially, everybody, do what you would have done to you to others. You know, like, if, if you want grace for yourself, you got to give that to other people. You have, you have to be willing to do that. So this is a good one. This is Ephesians, because um, I thought I was in Ephesians before when I was in Ecclesiastes. So this is Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 4, and it's um, verse 1 through 4. I do believe... No, well, yeah, 1 through 4. Um, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. So for me, I mean, that, that really spoke because uh, I know I'm on the right path. And, you know, I, one thing that I think people think, just like my dad, is that, you know, Somehow, some way, being a believer in Christ is going to alleviate suffering. It does, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to suffer. Um, you know, the, I mean, the path of Christ shows you that. I mean, he's, he suffered the most. He was crucified for all of us. So, you know, the, the path doesn't promise salvation here on earth or alleviation of suffering here. It's... It's participating in the kind of love that would allow you to sacrifice comfort, momentary pleasure for long-term gain. That's kind of how I know I'm on the right path right now is because I know what I'm doing right now is kind of sacrificing momentary pleasures and gain for much more comfort ahead. And I'm not delusional about the fact that I will feel pain here and now and that I'm going to feel it probably more so in, in my journey to come. I mean, being Christian means that you're going to get persecuted. It's kind of that. That's why the cross is the symbol is because it's, it's about sacrificing for love. 
Okay, this is the last one for for this week, and I'll I'll close after this one. But this is Matthew, and I do. I'm watching the show Chosen. I, I've kind of broken away from it, but I do recommend it. It's through uh, the Angel Network. You can download it completely for free if you have a streaming. Um, I mean, if you have a phone, you can do it. But if you have a streaming or a uh, Roku TV that can stream and connect to the Internet, you can download the Angel. I think it's an Angel Angel Network and, and watch The Chosen. But it's really good. And... Um, Matthew is definitely one of the characters that I personally connect with the most as far as an apostle um, and disciple of Christ. Um, I feel like our stories very much so match each other and I definitely can assimilate to somebody who at the very least in The Chosen is portrayed as having kind of like an Asperger-y kind of thing about him where... He's really talented and definitely blessed in certain ways. And you can tell that his, you know, he he has followed and broken away from his family in ways that has caused deep shame. You know, he basically, as a, as a Jew, he becomes a tax collector and works for Roman soldiers and when Christ finds him he's a tax collector and so he ends up leaving this very very high station in Roman culture and comes back to faith and to his family and it's pretty beautiful but um this is the uh the part of the bible that's Matthew's and uh this is Matthew 25 and it's verse 14 through 21 and this is the one on gifts, and this is where I think it resonated a lot with me. Um, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants, and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou have been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy, thy Lord. So essentially, you know, I think it's very, very potent for us that if we have a sense of lacking, for us to covet that lacking, bury it in the backyard, and hold it to us out of fear that we won't have anything more. And whilst I understand that that's a very real and very 
you know, staunch reaction to people because they, they get panicked within the state of feeling like they don't have something they want. They, they covet it and they keep it to themselves. And so they cut off themselves from the vine itself. They, they sever their own connection with the source of these gifts. But if you take the gifts that you're given and you trade with them and you express them and you share them and you revel in them and you live a life of abundance, you yield fruit. You're going to branch out and you're going to pull from that source and be in the graces of that source and you will yield more and more and more and more. And so for me, particularly since I chose not to have kids, you know, that's a big way that people breed legacy into the world. It's very, very important to me that I fix these things about myself, about my life so that I can move forward and so that I can yield fruit. I want, I want so desperately to yield fruit, but I cannot have this panic reaction. I can't force things into being. I have to use the gifts that I have. I have to have faith that I have all that I need moving forward into the future. Don't be worried because it's not happening right now. And tomorrow is a mystery, so let it let it be that way. You know, what is it? The, the present is a gift. Uh, tomorrow is a mystery. The past is, you know, I, there's a whole saying. But anyway, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. So I hope this has been cool for everyone. I know it's been two hours of just listening to me rattle on about my life, but I'm hoping that it meets your ears and is exactly what you need in order to have a very powerful, awesome week I have a lot going on tomorrow that's really, really amazing, and y'all know I can't shut up, so I'm just going to keep talking here and touching back. Don't know what's driving me right now, but it's all pretty awesome, and with that, I want to tell everybody that I love you very much. Have a great week. God bless. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.